Uh, awesome. Everybody's doing good? Yeah, you guys wide awake? Has anybody gone on vacation already for summer? Like, I mean, if not, now's the time, okay? Just so you guys know, the weather has been great. Um, did you guys get to catch Leslie's message last week? Was anybody here? Wasn't that awesome? I thought she did a great job. It is a difficult, uh, I think, difficult conversation, difficult uh, topic that we are talking about in some ways. Um, full transparency. Are you guys okay with full transparency? Everybody's okay with it? Uh, the first time I heard about good news, good advice, I was a little taken aback. Like, I wasn't really sure about it. I was a little nervous. Um, I wasn't sure what to think. And I think part of the reason why that was is I was kind of afraid the first time I heard it. Um, partly because um, I wanted the, all of the Bible to be good news. Don't you guys all? Like, it sounds really cool to just say, across the board, all of it is good news. Um, I believe the same thing about ministry. I, I kind of used to think that all of ministry was all just super uh, positive and spiritual and all these things. And I thought, man, I want to be in ministry and I want to teach young people and I want to help young people know about God. And so years ago, um, we moved out to Arizona and I started working with young people. And I remember taking um, one of the students out to lunch. I was actually just taking them out to get uh, a, a, like a Coke at McDonald's, right? And we walked in, and when we walked in, uh, he actually just started ordering with me. Like, he's like, I want a Big Mac, I want an extra large, I want a fry, I want an extra large, I want a pie, I want that extra large, which I don't even think they come in extra large. He just wanted everything, right? And I quickly realized, I kind of pulled him aside, I was like, hey, Nick, um, I, got, I got to talk to you. Uh, just so you know, um, it's not polite to just start telling somebody what you want to eat when you go out to eat with them, right? These are like manners that your parents should be teaching you as you grow up. But I, I, I realized real quickly, I had to say, first of all, you start off with, please, could I have, right? And then I went to... Now, at the end, if I decide I'm going to buy you all these things, then you get to say, thank you so much, right? That's what, that's what usually the parents teach, but I think his parents were a little bit older when he was born, and, and they just thought, he doesn't need to know those things. He should just let people <laughs> take care of them. Um, and I quickly realized in ministry, um, that is not really how, I, 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 I realized I went home and I told Ruthie, I was like, I think I'm supposed to teach them not just like spiritual things, but I'm supposed to give them regular, everyday, good advice. I realized that pretty quickly. Same with like working in ministry, right? Like I have a lot of people ask me like, what do you do? Like you work at a church, like what do you do? And I think people think we just kind of have spiritual conversations 24-7, right? Like we literally talk about Jesus and the Bible and we just kind of talk. And I think that those things do happen and we do talk a lot about God. But you guys would be shocked at the things. Like most of the time we walk in the doors and they don't squeak, right? And the reason why they don't squeak is because I made sure that they don't squeak through the week, right? I, uh, or if there's transition strips on the floor, if you notice, like people will run through them with wheelchairs, right? And the transition strips, so I have a, like a, almost a full-time job making sure that transition strips are glued down really good with all sorts of things. But those are day-to-day -day things. There's even a toilet seat in the back in the men's restroom, just so you know, that I, they've been bugging me to change out for like a month, okay? I haven't got to it yet. I'm going to get to it at some point. But those are normal, natural 
everyday things. And so with ministry, with the Bible, I kind of realized there are some natural things that take place. Um, what I'm saying is I do not believe ministry has a, or it actually has a ton of day-to-day things, but most people view the early church. How many of you guys think about the early church, right? Like the people that, that kind of started the early Christian church, and you think that they were just talking about the gospel, right? Like that's probably all, of they, all that they did. But fun fact, I don't know if you knew this, Paul, the apostle, does everybody know Paul, the apostle? You guys know who he is, right? Uh, kind of wrote a good portion of the New Testament. Paul was a tent builder. Does everybody know what a tent builder is? In the Greek, if you look it up, guess what it means? It means tent builder. Did you know that? Uh, also, Peter, Peter was a fisherman. In the Aramaic, Peter as a fisherman means fisherman. Did you know that? Uh, also, Jesus, this is going to blow your mind, okay? Jesus was a carpenter. See, you guys knew these things. And that's, I would say that's kind of a natural type of thing, right? And so I don't want to speak um, for Pastor Clark. He's going to be explaining a little more about these things. But I believe Paul, I believe Peter, I believe Jesus absolutely taught the good news. I, I believe that they, they actually absolutely told us something that was profound, no doubt, doubt about it. But I also think that it would be preposterous to never think that the Bible included good advice, to think that it was only good news all the way through and there was no good advice all the way through. How many of you love the Bible? Does anybody love the Bible in here? Now, I brought a, a small, I know that you think this is a lot, but I bought a small portion of Bibles here that is a part of my collection, okay? And I know you're thinking, why would he bring that here? It's just so you guys think that I actually read the Bible, okay? All right, does, any, did it, does anybody else collect Bibles in here or you like have a lot of Bibles, right? I just, I, I just to explain it, the short version, used to work in real estate and people would go into foreclosure and strangely enough, people would leave their Bibles all the time. So I was first in the property typically and I'd say dibs, which means I get the first thing. So I would get all these free Bibles all the time and I'd take them home. I'd, I'd, I've given half of them away. At one point, I think I had like 75 Bibles. Don't have that anymore. I know you guys are thinking I'm crazy. Um, uh, you guys remember the little Gideon Bibles? Does everybody remember those? Yep. Um, these, this is actually my, my personal Bible. Um, it looks real rough because I read it tons, okay? Then there's these Bibles. I actually like a little bit of the character. It's got the red. Can everybody see that pretty good? Show and tell a little bit, right? Message Bible. Um, this is my Bible I got when I got ordained. This one is hilarious. It's called The Uncensored Truth, as if the Bible isn't already an un, like it's being censored, okay? And it just goes on and on and on. I have tons of fun, hilarious, wild Bibles. Um, but I want you to know that this Bible, right, is really good news. It really is. Um, and at an early age, I was told, I don't know if you guys were told this, there was actually a song that people would sing about the Bible. Do you remember the B-I-B-L-E? Yes, that's the book for me. It's the word of God. You can kind of go on. We don't want to sing the whole thing, okay? We got places to go, people to see today. Um, but I was also told that, I was told that the Bible was an acronym. Did you guys know that the Bible is an acronym? And what I was told is that the Bible means basic instructions before leaving earth. They even had a song about that, right? And they lie, 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 lie. Do you guys, anybody know that song? No, it's from the 90s. you got to look it up, okay? Um, great song. Basic instructions before leaving earth. 
acronym. That's what it means. But truth be told, that is not really what the Bible, there is no acronym. That was made up. I was shocked to find out that it's not an instruction manual. Um, and I've heard people even take their Bibles, right? I've heard good pastors, and they'll take their Bibles, and they kind of put them on the ground. Have you guys ever seen this? It's just wild. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I went to a weird church. But they actually would stomp on the Bibles, okay? And they would say that the Bible is good for nothing unless you actually apply it to your life, right? And I understand what they're saying there. I actually think there is a great truth with what they're saying. And I believe I'm somebody who is always thinking of application. Almost every sermon that I preach actually has some form of application. But to think that the Bible is only used for application and it doesn't have good news is also slightly off. Um, for years, I would take everything that was in the Bible, and I would make it rule or law. I don't know if anybody else was like that, but I would just read it, and I would say, this is an instruction manual, and this is what we're to do. Last week, we learned the difference between good news and, and good advice. Do you guys remember that? Leslie kind of went through that the whole time. Today, my goal is to show you good advice scripture for years that I accidentally turned into good news. That's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to take scripture in here that I believed was good news, that I took it as this is my instruction manual, only to find out that it was actually just good advice. I'm going to start in the book of Philippians. While you're turning there, if you go to Philippians 4, one of my favorite chapters, right? One of my favorite books. i got to move this so I can move around. Sorry to distract you all. Um, but something to note before we start reading it, um, in, the, in the Bible, uh, specifically in the NIV, it has kind of like a, a reference to what is about to be said. Does everybody know that? In the NIV, specifically, it'll tell you what's about to be said. And in the NIV for this chapter, it, it says final exhortation, okay? He's wrapping it up. He's been talking to the Philippians, and he's wrapping it up, and the word exhortation or the word exhort means to urge, it means to admonish, and guess what, y'all? The, the translators got it right. It means to advise, right? To actually, it actually is saying that the last portion here is good advice, okay? Verse 4, let's go there. It says, rejoice in the Lord always, I will say again, rejoice, now, how many of you love that scripture? I love that scripture. I think it's a great scripture. Um, but I used to think that at all times, with everything that I was going through, no matter what, that I needed to rejoice, that I had to be rejoiceful. No matter, like, if there was something really bad that was happening in my day, no matter whether I was disappointed about something, whether I got good, bad news or somebody passed away, a relative or something, I still was to try and find some way to rejoice. Now, I would encourage you that it is important to rejoice. It is really good to be joyful, but have you ever been around somebody that isn't really reading the room and they're rejoicing when it's like, okay, it's not time to, it's got to tone it down a little bit, right? You got to relax. You got to realize that uh, what's going on in the room, right? So I believe that, yes, rejoice in the Lord always, but every now and then it's okay to not rejoice. Verse 5, let your gentleness be evident to all. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Now, I want you to know 
I struggled with this scripture because I'm not a very gentle creature. Is anybody else like me in here? Not just, I'm just not super gentle, right? My wife calls me a bull in a china shop often, and I'm always breaking things. I remember one time I was trying to pull her CD player out and exchange it, and I busted her whole CD player, and I thought, man, I'm just, I'm just not good at this. I'm just not, I'm not gentle. And here, I think it is important to be gentle. It's important to be gentle with people, to be careful with people, do your best. But every now and then, we're not going to get it perfect. Um, it says, verse 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now, how many of you have ever been anxious in this room? I don't know if anybody's ever been anxious. Uh, I think 2020, would we all agree, that was a year that was kind of full of anxiety. It was kind of a time to be anxious. It was like, what's going on with the world? So being anxious, yes, that would be great. That's encouragement. He's admonishing. He's advising us. And how we do it is we present our request. We, we say, hey, God, we involve him in the situation. This is what's going on. This is what's going on in my life. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm anxious about. Um, it says, verse 7, this is the good news, I believe. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, and whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, I think that's a great encouragement. I think that's a great thought to think what is true, honest, pure, just, lovely, and have a good report with virtue and praise, that we should be thinking about those things. But to keep it in your mind and think, I can't think anything contrary to those things, that's going to be a difficult task through our day-to-day. Would you agree? Verse 9, whatever you have learned and received and heard or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, here's what I can encourage you is he's going to be with you always, no matter what. And we actually don't know Paul. These people knew Paul, and they had seen and learned a lot of things from him. We can kind of glean from what we kind of see in the Bible. But to try and glean from him when we don't actually know Paul, that's a difficult task. Wouldn't you agree? Romans 12, chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. We're going to read that next. Now, this part um, I actually think is uh, these, these two verses are great. But they can be very confusing. I have a lot of people ask me, well, what about Romans 12, 1 and 2? Let me try and explain it to you the best I can. Um, but I believe Romans 12, 1 and 2 is actually good advice. Um, it says, verse 1, it says, Therefore, I urge you, I beg of you, I plead of you, right, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your proper worship. And I'll have a lot of people say, well, we have to, we have to uh, present ourselves as a living sacrifice. Can I show you what a living sacrifice looks like? Are you guys ready? Here it goes. Did you catch that? This room didn't see it. Ready? I'm going to do it for you. Okay? That was it. Doesn't get any better than that. Right? And then I love the rest of the part. It says, that's holy and pleasing. The fact that he's even saying that we could be holy and pleasing to God, we're just living our lives as a sacrifice, that's pretty phenomenal. That's good. That's actually really good. And it's good advice. It's a mixture kind of of good news and good advice. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
okay? Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. When you're not conformed to the pattern of this world, when you're not conformed to doing good to get good, when you're not trying to operate out of what the world functions like, once I try to please God from a distance, oh, I'm sure, I hope he'll be pleased with me. Man, I'm not really sure. I really, I really do. When you get like that, you'll realize, man, he's already, he, you got to get out of that mode and just say, God, I'm already a living sacrifice. I'm already holy and pleasing. That is his, his, his um, good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's what it is, is when we just say, God, I, I don't have this all figured out. I can't do this on my, on my own. Amen? Last week, you guys remember, Leslie kind of walked through Ephesians, and she left out chapter 5. I'm going to go there a little bit. I'm not going to read the whole chapter because it's a lot, but I'm going to hop around a little bit. Ephesians 5, 1 through 2 in the NIV, it says, follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children. Now, there's another translation, I believe it says, uh, be imitators of God. And that's a pretty broad statement, okay, to follow God's example. You could say, where? Where do I see that, right? Therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, okay, and I would say that that's kind of broad as well. Walk in the way of love. Well, you can love people as best you can, but what's the rest here say? It says, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up, I believe this right here is the good news, gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Okay, we can't love just like that, but it's showing that Christ, the way he loved and gave himself up as a sacrifice, and it's a good fragrant to God. Look, we can try the best that we can, but Jesus was the best example of that. And we can glean from that, we can learn from that, but we can't love people perfectly. Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 20, it says, be very careful. Now, how many of you guys have ever said that? Like when you're driving, uh, my wife probably says, be careful every five seconds, okay? Be very careful. I'm like, you just said that five seconds ago. Did you know that? You said, now you're saying it again, okay? Um, anybody else's wife? No, don't raise your hand. Um, be very careful then how you live. Now, that could sound really scary, couldn't it, if you just stopped there? Be careful how you live, okay? Not, at, and this kind of makes sense, not as unwise, but as wise. Last week she said, don't be dumb, right? I think that's what Paul is still saying here. Don't be dumb. Don't live unwise, but live wise, making the most of every opportunity. That's kind of what we're talking about with these young people that were up here just a minute ago, right? Make the most of every opportunity. Because the days are evil. That word evil just means natural. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is, which we just talked about what his will was. Uh, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Again, this is good advice. It's good advice maybe to not be drunk all the time, right? It, it, but it's not, there is nothing wrong with wine. We do understand that. Jesus, I believe, made wine. Did you guys read that in the Bible? It's actually in the Bible that he made wine for a wedding. And I think there's another scripture that says uh, that wine, a little wine is good for the belly, right? That's a proverb, I believe. But I would say the same the same here is it's just good advice. It's not saying don't drink. It's not saying that drinking is a sin. It's saying when you get drunk all the time, something bad might happen. That's good advice. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, 
It says, and said, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Now, I used to take that right there, and I used to think, man, I have to sing all the time. Spiritual songs, okay? I couldn't sing anything, you know, don't break my heart, my achy, breaky heart. I couldn't sing that because that ain't spiritual, right? I had to sing, and I just thought, if I keep this melody in my heart, then I'm singing in the Spirit, and the Spirit is staying with me. And I don't think there's anything wrong with spiritual songs. Uh, Ryan and I text each other all the time, like new, new passion and new uh, elevation songs that we, that we hear and see. But it's okay to sing some other songs as well. Did you know that? It's okay to sing some oldies goldies. You're allowed. I remember the first time I got into a relative of mine's car, and uh, we had oldies goldies on, and we weren't really like a, a Christian family, and they were like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you would play that. I'm like, what's wrong with oldies goldies? And you're like, you only are allowed to listen to Christian music. And I'm like, okay, well, sorry, I didn't know that. I guess, I guess we, God's got to forgive us. All right, moving on. Uh, verse 20, it says, always giving thanks to God and the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think it's good to give him thanks all the time. That's good advice, isn't it? It's good. That's healthy. Um, this, uh, this next part we're going to go into can be unsettling, but when you read the title of the topic, it helps to understand a little bit about what's about to be said, okay? So this, this, the title of the NIV, it says, Instructions for Christian households, instructions for Christian households. Now, something to know, obviously the translators made that in there, but there was no word Christian back when Paul was around. That was a later, that was a later thing, but Christian, Christian household was the translators that wrote that in there. And the word instruction, just to let you know, it means counsel, it means guidance, it means direction, and it means advice. We're talking about good advice today. Ephesians 5:21 through 33, we're going to read verse 21. It says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, it starts off, submit to one another. Look out for each other. Try to help each other. Submit, help, listen, okay? Verse 22, it says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, can I ask you, okay, it says here that wives are to submit to their husbands, but do we think that husbands should submit to their wives as well? It actually says right there, just the last verse, it says, submit to one another out of reverence. So clearly, this is saying across the board, husbands can submit as well as wives. I used to I used to teach, I used to preach, and I used to listen to other people say that um, the, hus- or the wife was told to submit because she struggles with that, and the husband was told to love because he struggles with that. Can we all just be honest? Like, submission and love doesn't come naturally to either or, right? Like, we don't want to submit to the other one. Take out the laundry. No, right? <laughs> it just happens. Nobody wants to, but it's encouragement, it's admonishment, it's advice. It's probably good to submit to each other. It's probably good to love your wife better. Wouldn't you agree? All right, we're going to keep going. Uh, Verse 24, it says, Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives. Okay, that's where we were just talking about. This next part is good news, okay? Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself 
up for her. Can you hear the difference there? It's almost like it switched just as Christ. And that's the good news. He gave himself up for her to make her holy. Now, this isn't this clearly isn't something that we can do for our wives. My wife, especially, she's like, you're not gonna try and make me holy. Um, verse 26 it says, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. That's talking about what the Lord did for us as believers, as a church. This next part goes back to good advice, verse 28. It says, in this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. See, it's just basically saying, can we all agree, it's good to just love other people. It's good. It'll actually reciprocate. It'll come back to us in some other way. And he's, he's encouraging, he's giving advice. Husbands, when you love, it actually will come back to you in, a, in another way. Um, it says, he who loves himself, loves himself. Verse 29, after all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. Verse 30, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am t talking about Christ and the church. Verse 33, however, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. I believe across the board, everybody should try to do their best to respect everybody. Wouldn't you agree? It's nice to hold the door. It's nice to be nice. Um, and I believe that's all good advice. As far as good advice, you can't do everything perfectly, though, right? You will never love your wife perfectly as Christ loved the church, except for Ruthie. I love her perfectly no matter what anybody says. And wherever she's at, don't listen to other people, Ruthie. Um, what about Jesus? Like, surely he gave some good advice, right? Like, we're all, what about Jesus? He's got to have good advice. Um, he's got to be saying good news. I would say sometimes he was giving good advice, and sometimes he was giving good news. But in fact, Jesus lived under the law. He taught under the law. He operated out of the law. And just to let you know, he was one of the greatest law teachers that ever lived, and some people were like, what about the red letters? Those red letters, that's something that we got to live by. If somebody ever says that, uh, the only encouragement I can say is, danger, Will Robinson, danger. Does anybody know that? If not, it's, just, it's a good show. Just go look it up. Um, Matthew 5, 1 through 10, we're going to kind of walk through here. I'm going to point out. I'm going to point out just some spots where Jesus was talking about the law, okay? And, and a good portion of, of this set of scripture is he's trying to connect with the audience. He's trying to help the audience realize he knows where they're at. Uh, it says, now when Jesus saw the crowds, when, um, he went up to the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, verse 3, it says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And then verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now, this one I kind of struggled with, right, the, the meek part. Because I was like, man, God, I'm just, I want to inherit something, but I'm just not that weak. Or that, not that meek, right? And I'm like, I want to be meek. I want to be meek like Moses. Isn't it interesting that Moses called himself the most meek person on the earth? Why would Moses write that about himself? I don't know. Maybe he wasn't that meek. But, um, I wanted to inherit the earth, and I didn't even really know what that meant. But I'm like, clearly it's telling us to be meek here. He's, he's got some kind of point that he's trying to say. Um, verse 6, it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. 
good news, guys. We're not hungering and thirsting for righteousness anymore. Righteousness came, and it came and lived on the inside of us and made us the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So don't hunger and thirst. It already has arrived. Amen? Um, it says, uh, verse 7, uh, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. I would encourage you. It's good to be merciful. You will be shown mercy. But sometimes, I want you to know, sometimes, even if you're merciful, it doesn't always work out that way. Like, some people aren't going to show mercy back. Uh, verse 8, blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they will see God. Yes, it's important to, to try and be careful about all sorts of things. But I want you to know, you are already made pure. You already will see God. You've already seen God. He lives inside of you. Uh, verse 10, or no, I'm sorry, verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. I think, you know, you can be a peacemaker as much as you want, but you're, you're already a child of God. According to 1 John 3, it says, what marvelous love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Be a peacemaker. I think that's, that's good encouragement to you. Blessed are the peacemakers, um, verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, I used to think if I wasn't being persecuted, I wasn't doing something right. I don't know if anybody else was like that. I might be my own. But I used to think, man, it says that I'm, I'm blessed when I'm persecuted. So I would actually go out and try to witness to people and tell people about Jesus so that I could get persecuted. And I was like, oh, I'm doing, I'm getting blessed, right? No, I'm actually like being uh I don't know, not helpful to people, right? I, I'm stirring things up that I don't need to stir up. Um, it says, um, blessed are those when people insult you or persecute you and falsely and say all kinds of things against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And he kind of goes on. Um, here about, he talks about salt and light, he talks about murder, he talks about adultery, he talks about um, keeping your promises with oaths, he talks about an eye for, eye for an eye and forgiving people. All of these things, I think, are good and important, but what you, what you need to know is he was actually talking to a group of people that thought they had it all figured out. They thought that they were doing all of the right things. They thought, and so Jesus was talking to their hearts. He knew that they were hiding things in their hearts, and he was trying to step up the bar to the point where nobody could be righteous across the board. But I still think all of these things that he said were still good advice. It's still encouragement not to hate other people, to love other people. Uh, speaking of loving other people, verse 43, it says, You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are, are not even the tax collectors doing that? Verse 47, it says, and if you greet only those um, or only your your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? And then verse 48, he kind of hits it out of the park here. He says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. My encouragement to you is you're never going to be perfect, right? Like he's talking to a group that were trying. They were trying, and they were trying over and over again. Um, and I've heard well-meaning preachers preach this, uh, that, um, Stevie, you can come on up. Sorry, buddy. Um, but that you can... Um, 
that you can be perfect as your heavenly father. Um, and I think if it was as easy as that, then John the Baptist could have just said, be perfect. Don't you think? Jesus would have almost never needed to come. But he said, be perfect across the board. And why was he doing that? Because he was letting people know the bar is so high, you're never going to be perfect. You're never going to be righteous in your own self. Um, and as I close, I want to give you guys five scriptures, if you guys will hang in with me, five scriptures that are actually good news, just straight good news. You want the real deal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you right here. At least I believe these. this is just specifically good news. There's no good advice, and there is no law here. 2 Corinthians 5.20 or 5.17 through 21, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Good news. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That's good news. All is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is good news. Verse 19, it says, that is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, good news, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation, Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you, we encourage you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. That's good news because otherwise we, we could never receive his reconciliation if he had not already given it to us. Verse 21, for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's good news. Amen? Um. Is it good advice to be thankful? Absolutely. Is it good advice to say please? Absolutely. Is it good advice to submit to one another? Absolutely. Is it good news to or good advice to love people that don't necessarily deserve it? Absolutely. It's good to just love everybody if you can. Um, is it good to pray for people, pray for your enemies, and pray for people that persecute you? Absolutely. But it's good news that we are right now the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. That the old has gone and the new has come. Can you see the difference there? Can you recognize it? I know it's been eye-opening to me that I've been able to see, oh my gosh, I can see where this is, this is good advice and this is good news. And I, I think good advice is helpful. But... With every situation, I think you have to kind of decide, is this helpful right now? Is it helpful to me to stay in this relationship? Is it helpful to me to be connected with this person or these things or to be loving when people are being difficult? You have to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, show me what I'm supposed to do right now. Because it doesn't always fit. It doesn't always fit every single thing, every single scenario. Of course, loving everybody is a great way to live. I think it's always going to be beneficial. Right? Amen? You guys hanging in there? All right, let me, uh, let me pray with you guys, and we're going to dismiss. Father, we just thank you, God, for just opening our eyes, God, and, and helping us to see how good you actually are, God. When we get discouraged, when we, when, we get, when we get into Scripture and we're reading, and we're like, man, this doesn't make any sense. God, help us to make a step back and kind of realize, God, what's going on? What, what, what are you saying here? What are you doing here? Is this advice? Or is this good news? Is this, is this something that feels heavy and it doesn't make any sense and I don't know that I can accomplish it? God, or is this something that is telling me who I am in you right now and who you are in relationship to me? God, we trust you that you, you've spoken to us this morning. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.